May it please the listeners. My name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. The guest this week is me. I ordinarily have somebody with me on these episodes, but this week you just have me. And I'm going to talk about the aftermath in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard litigation. And I would forgive you if your first thought is, why are we still talking about this case? Well, a few reasons. I mean, number one, it is the most watched and most discussed civil trial or civil case, really, that I can think of in a very long time. So people are interested. It's been in the news. It is still in the news. And it really does touch on a lot of interesting issues ranging from the First Amendment and domestic violence and evidentiary and appellate issues. You'll hear about some of that here. I've been able to go on and make some appearances about the Depp Heard trial. I've been on TV a few times. I've been on some other people's podcasts. And when you're on somebody else's show, you tend to give answers that are about a minute at a time or less than that. And they don't really convey the totality of your thought on a topic, much less this pretty complex matter. And so I felt like I had some things to say about this case. I had some viewpoints I wanted to share. There were some short pieces that I said that made the rounds on Twitter, and I wanted to amplify those and put out a more fulsome record of my views on this case. And as it happens, I have a podcast where I have an opportunity to do that. So here we go. Let's get right into it. The verdict, I'm going to start at the end. The verdict is three for three in favor of Johnny Depp. Each of the statements he said were defamatory were found by the jury to be defamatory. And that means a lot. That's the crux of this case here, right? The jury sat about seven to 10 feet away from the witnesses, including Amber Heard. They stared her right in the eye as she testified for three days, and they concluded that she was lying. That's the only explanation for the verdict. They were entitled to come to that conclusion. That's the whole point of a jury is to hear the evidence, to assess credibility, to make a determination in that regard, and they surely did it. They awarded debt. $10 million in compensatory damages, $5 million in punitive damages, but the $5 million is subject to a $350,000 cap imposed by the state of Virginia. More on that to come. On Heard's counterclaims, they found in favor on one of her three defamatory statements that she was asserting as counterclaims and awarded her $2 million in that regard. So, In a way, this was a split verdict. That is something, by the way, that I predicted beforehand on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, you probably should, at Rich Schoenstein on Twitter. The verdicts are not contradictory, and here's how. The statements that were at the center of Depp's case were that he committed domestic violence, domestic abuse, and the jury believed that he didn't. The statement in Heard's counterclaim had to do with her allegedly framing Johnny Depp, 
setting up a scene, altering evidence to make it look like he did something that he didn't. And it seems to me that what the jury concluded is that she's lying about the abuse, but she didn't frame him. And so they sort of found in a middle ground there. And I don't view that as contradictory at all. I think those two findings can be reconciled. Now, the damage awards that I mentioned, they are what I've been calling rough justice. There was evidence in the case about how much Depp makes in his movie career and how much Heard makes in her movie career and how much they expected to make in the future. And I don't think the jury focused on that at all. These are very round numbers, right? 10, 5, 2, and the jury just determined that those were appropriate damage awards. Now, the jury didn't know about the punitive damage limit. They're not permitted to under Virginia law. And I imagine if they knew he was only going to get $350,000 in punitive damages, they would have given him more in compensatory damages. So probably the result is they end up awarding debt less than they intended to. I've been asked a lot since this verdict came down what I think of Amber Heard's chances on appeal. She says she's going to appeal, as is her right. And it's important here in this regard, when you appeal a decision like this, you're not really appealing the jury's decision. You can't overturn what the jury thought about credibility or what the jury decided about the facts. You're appealing a variety of legal rulings made throughout the case. And I'll give you some examples of that. Amber Heard's team has mentioned that the jury didn't know about the prior litigation in the UK that ruled against Johnny Depp. That's not really about evidence. That's about something we call collateral estoppel. That is a theory that precludes litigants from relitigating issues they have lost in court. And there was a motion in this case that would have precluded Depp from disputing that he committed domestic abuse based on the findings in the United Kingdom, but the court denied that motion and did not apply collateral estoppel. We could have a whole separate law brief episode on collateral estoppel. We're not going to do it here, but it's an appeal point. The fact that the case proceeded in Virginia might be an appeal point. It was based on the location of the Washington Post servers, which might be enough to have jurisdiction in that court. It was plainly the court Depp wanted to go forward in, but that could be an issue. The fact that cameras were allowed in the court, that could be a ground for appeal, I suppose. Now, it's clear to me, looking at the Virginia law on this, the Virginia court could have, as a matter of discretion, precluded cameras in the court. There's case law in Virginia upholding a decision like that, and they could have done it, but they didn't. I think it would be very difficult to appeal that, though, because I think it's a matter of the court's discretion. But there's an argument here, right, that camera coverage, the fact that this trial was streamed gavel to gavel on a couple different cable networks and reported every day in mainstream media made it unfair in some regard. And when you combine that with the fact that it was a six-week trial, really with a break and deliberations, it was really an eight-week trial. And the jury had multiple three-day weekends where they were home and subject to possibly coming in contact with the media or social media and seeing all the stuff that was out there. There is an argument that that was 
improper or somehow tainted the award. I mean, remember what happened in this case. They had closing arguments on a Friday and then sent the jury home for the three-day Memorial Day weekend. And then and only then did they come back, deliberate for a day and a half, and render the verdict. And I don't know. I mean, they were instructed not to look at social media, but how did they possibly go three days without seeing any social media coverage whatsoever of this trial? The problem with all of that as an appeal point is that you have to prove it had an impact on the outcome. You have to prove that that's why the jury ruled against Amber Heard, not because they looked her in the eye and didn't believe her. And I think that's going to be difficult to show. There are other rulings in the case that could be appealed to. There were multiple rulings. Both sides moved to dismiss parts of the case or all of the case. There were rulings on that that could be appealed. There were all sorts of evidentiary rulings over the course of the trial, some of which we probably don't even know about. Amber Heard's team clearly says she had other evidence that should have come in. So there might be appeals on those matters. There's a lot of different grounds for appeal. But one problem here for Amber Heard is that in Virginia, and like many states, you have to post a bond even to do the appeal. So she's got to come up with collateral for her $10 million plus damage award against her in order to be able to go forward with the appeal. And they're saying she's out of money. They're saying she can't pay the award. So I don't know how she's going to post the bond. That's something to watch. Now, a lot of people are analyzing what this all means for the Me Too movement. I've been a little guilty of that myself, if you've seen some of the clips online. So let me say this about it. I don't believe that Amber Heard lost this trial because of any problem with the Me Too movement or any backlash against the Me Too movement. She lost this trial because she lost. And if you want me to list in order the reason she lost the trial, I will do it. Number one, her testimony, which was problematic from beginning to end. Number two, her lawyers, who did not do a great job. Number three, her expert witnesses, who were by and large terrible, stiff, argumentative, just bad. Number four, the fact that she didn't have more corroborating evidence in the very serious allegation she made of domestic abuse. Number five, Johnny Depp's testimony. In contrast to her, he did a really good job connecting with the jury and they clearly believed him. Number six, Johnny Depp's lawyers, who I thought performed very well and as good as they performed in the courtroom, their overall strategy for the case was masterful the way they laid it out, the way they sequenced it, the decision they made to televise the thing, everything about it was done brilliantly. And then I would say number seven, Depp's experts, who were superior to Heard's experts, and in particular, the two experts that did psychological evaluations of Amber Heard, I thought the Depp witness was far superior to the Heard witness, and that, and that hurt her. You know, if you want to compare the two, just look at the cross-examinations of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Now, I happen to think the cross of Amber Heard got a little bit overrated. I don't think it was as great as everybody says, but it was effective. I cannot argue with that. And Amber Heard did not come off good during that cross. 
the cross of Johnny Depp was not effective. And one reason for it is I thought the lawyer cross-examining Johnny Depp was far too friendly. He was very accommodating. He was very polite. He was very friendly in tone. And I didn't understand that. If you're confronting the person who supposedly abused your client, you should treat them more hostily the way that Johnny Depp's lawyer treated Amber Heard. And I thought that was a mistake. Uh, frankly, if you wanted to get the jury to dislike Johnny Depp, you would have been better off just playing one of the Hollywood vampire albums, <laughs> which are not great. All right. The trial itself, the result of the trial, also should not create a concern about the Me Too movement. Again, Amber Heard lost because the evidence was against her. The performance of Johnny Depp's team was better than hers, and she lost the trial. The trial was about the article she wrote and published in the Washington Post, and I feel that she lost that trial fair and square. I do think, though, that if you look at the public reaction to the trial, and you look at that and say, there's a problem here with the Me Too movement, I think you might be on to something. Because and I don't have to tell you this, if you've, if you've opened your eyes on Twitter, you've seen it. There's so much anger and misogyny in response to Amber Heard. It's really stunning. And I think about it like this. I have never seen online that kind of vitriol and anger set out against a perpetrator of domestic violence as has been advanced against Amber Heard for what people think is lying about it. I also don't remember seeing that level of anger expressed against other people for lying. I mean, if you're really worked up about lying, there are some very prominent things going on right now about people who apparently lied to the American public in really significant and harmful ways that got people killed. And you could be worked up about that. So I don't know why we're so worked up about Amber Heard having lied in what was really a domestic dispute with her husband. And all of that anger and all of that misogyny does concern me, having seen it as a reaction to the trial. And I do think there is some basis to worry about a chilling effect on domestic violence victims who feel like they're fighting an uphill battle and they can't come forward without more proof. I hope they still will come forward. And I would say to them, remember, Amber Heard went to the police and got a restraining order. She went to court and got a divorce. And there was no lawsuit against her. You generally can't be sued for anything you say inside the context of a divorce proceeding. It's only when she put this article out in the Washington Post right before Aquaman premiered, it seemed a little self-serving. That's what led to the litigation. And if you're a regular person and you're a victim of domestic violence, I would urge you to come forward and try to get the help you needed. And please don't let Johnny Depp or Amber Heard stop you. They are the exception. They are not the rule. Me Too was not on trial. Depp and Heard were. 
We're going to have an episode later this season on Law Brief where we're going to look at the Me Too movement, at domestic violence. We're going to pay more attention to the issue. I don't think that the trial is a rebalancing, as some have suggested of Me Too, where some people think we've gone too far in terms of trusting the victims, and now this has balanced us back where we're going to consider the facts. I don't see that. The balance is always off. The balance is always in favor of the perpetrators of domestic violence and to the detriment of the victims. That's just the reality of the situation. Part of the point is the perpetrators have the power to begin with. And so it hasn't been a rebalancing. The balance is still off and needs to be addressed. So with the trial over, uh, both teams have at least dipped their toes in the waters of post-trial statements. They've come out publicly. They've had a lot to say. First, Amber Heard's lawyer went on TV, and this was right after. This was the day after the verdict. And she blamed the judge for suppressing evidence. She blamed the jury for being affected by the social media. She blamed the cameras and the social media. She blamed Depp's team for demonizing Amber Heard. I thought that was a really bad take by Amber Heard's lawyer. And it reminded me of a problem Amber Heard had in this trial. Amber Heard didn't take responsibility for anything, even though the evidence showed clearly that she had done some things on her own account that she shouldn't have. And in the same way, her lawyers, and of all people, Nate Burleson, on CBS this morning, got right down to it and said to the lawyer, well, shouldn't you have done something different? And the lawyer kind of deflected the comment. But I think there's something to that. For the lawyer to go out publicly and and blame everybody other than Amber Heard's legal team was, like Amber Heard, not taking responsibility. She equated it to being in a Roman Colosseum. Amber Heard's situation was like, fighting the lions in the Roman Colosseum, which I think is a little bit off. I don't recall the people in the Roman Colosseum having very expensive lawyers who were supposed to be protecting them. A week later, Johnny Depp's team came on TV. They made a series of appearances. And look, it's easier if you win to go on TV. I mean, I, I, think, that, I think that's clear. But they were really gracious. They were humble. They were professional. And I'm going to go out right now and say, by the way, if I had won this trial, if I had done this trial and gotten the kind of attention this trial had and won it, I'd be on every TV show you could think of. I'd be on the Today Show. I'd be on the Tonight Show. I'd be on Kimball, Colbert, Corden, Myers. I'd go on The Masked Singer, Chicago Fire, Ted Lasso. I'd go everywhere. So I don't begrudge them at all. They're entitled to that. They're entitled to the success. They're entitled to market themselves. And for Amber Heard's team to criticize them for going on TV, I thought was ridiculous. Amber Heard's lawyers were the first people to go on TV. How could they possibly criticize Depp's lawyers after that? As I record this episode, it's been revealed that Amber Heard herself has done an interview with The Today Show. That's going to be adding airing this week. I don't have a good feeling about that. My prediction is it's a mistake. I think her better strategy would have been to lay low for a while, but we'll see what she has to say. So 
why is everybody so interested in this trial? We have lots of trials all the time. We have trials with famous people. Why did this one capture our imagination and our attention? Well, it is prominent, famous people. This is Willy Wonka versus Aquaman's wife. The underlying allegations are salacious and provocative. There's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There's the pressing question of who took a shit on the bed. That's very important. You know, there's a lot of stuff here to chew on in sort of a gossipy way. It's interesting to me, in Fairfax County, Virginia, in the same courthouse as Depp Heard, there was another case going on that produced a jury verdict after a long trial that was a trade secret, a theft of trade secret case. And the jury awarded the plaintiff $2 billion for misappropriation of trade secrets. And this happened in May while the Depp Heard trial was going on. This judge had her attention and her courtroom diverted for two months for this trial for two people who don't live in Virginia or do any business in Virginia. I was taken early in his testimony, early in the cross-examination, Johnny Depp was being challenged for giving long-winded answers. And he said to the lawyer, I don't feel like I'm wasting anyone's time. And it was a good quip. It was one of his effective quips. But I wonder about that. He used eight weeks of the Virginia court's time and resources and eight weeks of the jury, seven people and two alternate, who had to leave their regular life and attend to this trial, all to solve the issue of this domestic dispute. On the one hand, I'm sure it seems significant to Johnny Depp to restore what he said was his ruined life, although I take with a grain of salt a little bit a guy who says his life has been ruined, and then when the trial's over, immediately jets off to the United Kingdom to play concerts at Royal Albert Hall, and then after that, presumably, will be flying back to the private island he owns in the Caribbean. So you know, his life was ruined. Okay, okay. He seems to be able to still be doing stuff. And at the end of the day, the jury's $10 million damage award didn't suggest that they thought the article had ruined Depp's life. It was bad, but that level of damages didn't indicate the level of damages he had testified about. On the other hand, it is remarkable to see this level of interest in a civil proceeding. And there were important issues in the case. Domestic violence, what is domestic violence? What constitutes domestic violence? What happens if two people both seem to be participants in the events? First Amendment issues regarding the publication of the article. And then a lot of really cool trial issues, if you're into that kind of thing, which I am, hearsay, expert testimony. There was a lot of meat there to look at. It was interesting to watch, so I understand that. Now, where do we go from here? And let me talk about the public and let me talk about the litigants. From the point of the public, I wonder if we need to continue punishing Amber Heard. We employed a jury to decide this case and to fix the punishment. And the jury decided the case, and they fixed the punishment at $10,350,000. That's the combination of compensatory 
and the allowable part of the punitive damage award. And from the point of view of the jury, that was sufficient to end the case. Do we really need to bar Amber Heard from having any kind of public life? Do we really need to make sure she's not in the next Aquaman movie? Are we really going to the next Aquaman movie? I mean, it's Aquaman, but do we really need to keep beating her up in the social media now that the trial's been decided? Depp has his reputation restored. He has what he's wanted. Can't we move on from that? That's what I think in terms of the public. In terms of the private parties, I think they would be very wise to settle the case. I've been saying for weeks they should settle the case. I always think litigants should try to settle the case. But here it would make a lot of sense. She owes him money, but she's threatening an appeal. It's a very simple trade. He gives up the money. She gives up the appeal. And they agree the case is over. Why would that be good for both litigants? Well, it would be great for Johnny Depp because he's accomplished everything he set out to accomplish. He won. He restored his reputation. He'll be back in the movies. There's no point for him continuing to fight this. Damage award, $10 million less the $2 million he owes, doesn't really seem to be significant compared to his net worth or his future earnings. He said it's not about the money. He can walk away the plain victor. For her, I would think it's just time to move on. Fighting this appealing, losing an appeal in all likelihood, or if she wins the appeal, having to do the trial again, which would be the result of winning the appeal. I don't know how any of that is good for her. I don't know how going on television this week is good for her. I would think that her only course here is to try to lay low for a while and then mount a comeback because we do seem to be susceptible in our society, in this incarnation of our society, to a comeback. So Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, I think you should settle the matter. If you want, call me up. I'm a litigator, but I'm also a mediator. I'd be happy to guide your legal teams to try to work out a settlement of this at this point. If either of you or either of your legal teams want to come on the Law Brief podcast, we would be glad to have you on. We would give you an opportunity and a longer opportunity than you get on the morning shows or any other mainstream media shows to talk about whatever you want to talk about. So that's it. That's where I stand on the Depp Heard case for now. I don't know about you. I feel better getting that all out and you can think about it whatever you want. We look forward to talking to you again on the next episode of Law Brief. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at 
You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief. Law Brief.